Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% off every single one of your orders. This podcast is also brought to you by Guts Racing. Guts Racing is your one-stop shop for all of the seat needs that you need to uh, match that awesome graphic kit that you have. Uh, whether the, the seat seat cover doesn't match, it's a little blown out, you need to freshen it up with Guts seat covers as well as they, uh, you can buy a whole seat. And that's what I'm uh, putting on uh, uh, potentially a, uh, a YZ 2021 edition. Uh, we're still working that out from friends, our friends over at Yamaha USA. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and with me on the line, he's the sole proprietor of The Collective Experience. He's a good friend of mine, a repeat offender on the podcast, and he's certainly a lot slower than I am on two wheels. His name is Dave Drakes. Dave, how's it going? What is up, man? I'm back. I am amped. Feels good. I feel like I've, I've been away from my friends for too long, man. Yeah. Just, no, it's... It just it feels, feels right. I feel like I'm at home now. It's been way too long since having you on the podcast. Uh, since we, it's been too long exactly. since we did one of these uh, proper race reviews. In fact, I think the last race we yeah. reviewed was a Supercross race with uh, with Zach Osborne, top step of the podium. Uh, appreciate you making mm. some time for the call. I understand you've been doing some mountain biking. I also understand you've been putting some seat time on that brand new 2019 Kawasaki. Um, What's uh, what's new and exciting other than those things in the world of Day Drakes? Uh, you know, just trying to adapt to COVID lifestyle, man. It, I think it's suiting me pretty decent, minus the twenty or so pounds that I feel like I've gained out of nowhere. But uh, yeah, man, just it's so awesome to be able to just take a step back and just have some time to go ride, and you know what I mean, still be able to get out like decent work day and stuff, and it's just it kind of centers you a little bit more. So. Uh, between that, just kicking things off with the collective and making sure our outdoor program is, you know, it's jamming and fans are, are getting what they want and riders are getting supported and just, just excited to see some racing back on, man, some sort of normalcy to our, you know, otherwise shooken up lives. So, uh, yeah, just, just amped that things are kind of looking better for the motorcycle industry as a whole. No doubt. And, uh, yeah, great to see uh, things moving forward. What are some of the uh, things that you can do with the, the collective experience and the outdoor program? Uh, at times, uh, the, the outdoor program actually uh, allows for a little bit more access, aside from track walk and stuff like that, uh, that the fans are able to uh, to do. But, like, w w what are you able to sign people up for? And what can uh, – I know there's some people kind of champing at the bit to be able to take in some of these races, uh, especially sometimes when there isn't actual uh, fans being allowed at the events or at least uh, a limited capacity yeah i mean they're getting a chance to do just a lot i mean it, when we say it's immersive and hands-on it's that in every sense of the word so i mean you're getting a mechanics pass you're getting and you know a pit access before and after the like everyone else has to leave pretty much um so you're really getting a chance to see the pits when it's kind of you know people are setting up and you get to really meet people without the big lines and you, you know you're interfacing with team managers and sponsors and professional riders and, you know, gear guys. And it's, 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 it's so much that you can actually do um, when, when fans are, you know, are either not there because they're not allowed or just because you're there, you know, beginning or, or after hours. And, um, you know, you're able to help mechanics with their bikes. You're able to help with social media for the riders. Um, the connections you make is just it pays, you know, tenfold for a lot of our interns and they're getting hired because of the program and, and their exposure to all these people. So, I mean, that plus the swag, you know, plus the numbers you're getting from people, plus, you know, you're up front and close to the races and 
and stuff like that. It's just, it's, it's invaluable. We want to keep doing it, making sure that more fans are participating, and you know, all the funding that we that we get, we try to give back towards our riders and these privateer teams that need it so much. So, uh, you know, I think it's good all around. Fans are getting hooked up, the teams are getting hooked up, the riders are getting hooked up, sponsors are getting recognition. I think it's a win for the uh, for everybody involved. Absolutely, my friend. It sounds like a, a great deal on both sides. The the fans that uh, are in dire need of uh, of getting up close and personal with the sport of motocross, as well as the privateers that make the sport go round, getting some much needed support. The collective experience, like I've said a hundred, two hundred times on this podcast, is the most comprehensive uh, way to take in a professional motocross race. If you're not doing it that way, you're just missing out. Uh, you're you're pay- like, frankly, you're paying too much money to not get nearly as not nearly enough access. Get more access with the collective experience. Um, let's crack this thing wide open, dude. Let's talk about the Ironman National. We're out of Loretta Lynn's. We're done with the amateur racing. We're going back to where the, the tracks are a little bit bigger. The jumps are huge. We've got some elevation changes. Um, we still had uh, a fair bit of uh, some wetter conditions uh, starting the, I believe the, uh, the Friday was still pretty wet, but uh, the mud mostly pushed off. Good racing, both moto or uh, like the whole afternoon in uh, in Indiana, and uh, let's start things off with the 250 class where we were uh, treated to basically uh, a flu- a couple of flawless motos from uh, the the two guys that have sort of separated themselves from the rest. Um, Dylan Ferrandis going wire to wire, qualifying second, taking the whole shot uh, on lap one of Moto One and leading all 17 laps to uh, take the first place in the in the first moto. And then uh, Jeremy Martin, who ends up your overall winner, he uh, he takes second place in the first moto. Uh, of course, uh, about 20-odd uh, seconds adrift. That's got a, that's got a sting uh, from Dylan Ferrandis. But um, the second moto, all Martin. He's out front. Uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk about Ferrandis' heroic ride back to third in the second moto, but we got to give it up to the number six machine. Two overalls in a row now. Uh, he's only a few points behind in the in the points chase. I believe it's actually, in fact, he's the now the new points leader. Um, no, wait, that's just for the day. Uh, he's not the points leader, but got to be damn close. Uh, where is it now? Uh, four points different, only separating Jeremy Martin, uh, Dylan Ferrandez. Ferrandez actually didn't give up a lot of points on the day, only two points uh, between the two. But, uh, yeah. Like if you're Jeremy Martin, you got to be feeling pretty good about uh, how these first three rounds have gone, and uh, two wins to your credit. And I think those cash, those checks still cash, so that's good. Oh, most definitely. I mean, Jeremy's got to be happy with his return to outdoors. Remember, we haven't seen this guy in what a year and a half, almost. So two years. It, two it, years. It's basically. awesome to see him back. Yeah, don't Yeah, two years. Two, holy crap. Um, yeah, and he, and he came back kicking ass, man. Most people, when they come back from a serious injury like he had. Now, let's not forget the dude broke his back. Um, you know, they, it takes some time to get steam going and stuff like that. But I think Jeremy did enough of his homework when he had this long break um, to, to come back and make sure that he was a force from the start. And he is. I mean, to, to bet somebody like Ferrandis, whether it's, a, you know, a mistake on their part or, or not, that said something, man. And it, the whole class is stacked. You've got, you know, Justin Cooper. you got the rest of the of the FC Honda squad. you got Shane McElrath. you got Mitchell Harrison. you got, you know, all these fast guys, McAdoo, what have you. Um, and he's, he, he's laying waves, man. He's doing really, really good. Safe for Ferrandez, I think he's the, the best of, these, of this group. Um, and he's riding really well. He's making very minimal mistakes. Even last weekend when most of his teammates were blowing their bikes up left and right, 
you know, he was smart enough to salvage it, smart enough to get out front, um, you know, early on and, um, and make sure that he ran decent laps away from everybody else and, and, and merged to a good win. So I think this is an awesome showing for Jeremy. I think if he just keeps riding the way he's riding, being very smart, getting that one-two, maximizing on points, I mean, this guy could, could potentially take the title over Ferrandez, who's clearly faster, but... I mean, for him, it's just, just been a hair inconsistent compared to Jeremy. And remember, we're only like three weeks into this thing right now, so it's, a, it's still a little early, but I, it's, it's awesome, man. I, I did not expect Jeremy to be this good, but I'm, I'm so stoked to see him kind of um, adding some more parity to the class. No doubt, man. It just sounds like you're just, you're just a whole, like, straight-out Jeremy Martin fan. I realize that you're, like, District 23 now, uh, so... Uh, it's just like clearly not giving the Frenchman any type of respect whatsoever. Dylan Ferrand is the 14 in your program. <laughs> the red plate all the way from France leads every lap of the set of the first moto then comes from 31st on the first lap. I mean, you know, he passed a few guys. He was definitely 40th. It means he passed nine guys in the first lap. A couple of them must've been down at some point, but either way, all the way back to third, never stopped charging, uh, goes out and catches uh, heart wrapped. He catches uh, Justin Cooper. Everybody goes out and gets him. Um, he kept got caught everybody, but Cooper, I suppose. Um, but uh, no, just like a that—that's a championship-style ride to me. A guy who just like I think hit like he's there is still a language barrier with him. He talks about like basically there's a few people on the, on the, on the internet where they were talking about him like kind of sounding a bit like cocky about how like they're like oh wow you you moved all the way through the back. He's like well I didn't really have a choice like like all you can do is go as fast as you can and pass as many guys as you can before the checkered flag. And I got to third and sort of like, and he didn't say it was easy, but basically like I had no choice, but to just go as fast as I could. Um, that That's just a plain and honest answer to me. Like you show up, you absolutely lay it down. And uh, yeah, I guarantee fastest moto, fastest laps of that moto. Dylan Ferrandez comes all the way to third, second on the day, two points back, came into the round uh, six points up. Now he's four points up, keeping the red plate as they head on to the next round. Um, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about him. Like, I, I know you're, you're just a hater over there. You're, you, you don't like the blue crew, uh, and this, that, and the other thing, but they, you know, that, that's fine, Dave. You can, you can hang out there with Jeremy Martin and his pals or whatever you want to do. But, uh, I, I'm, I'm more of a oh, realist on, here. Man. You know, I'm, I'm so blue crew. I'm Dylan Ferrandez. You're green crew. You're, you're green. Class. You're well, I mean, look, for what I ride versus the guys I'm rooting for, I can switch okay. it up a little bit. I can still be, you know, got my PC guys, you know, back. But the Blue Crew to me, man, is yeah, yeah. it's they're phenomenal. And I, I, the dinner for instance was my number one pick for Supercross and outdoors. Um, the guy's an absolute stud. I mean, you know, Jeremy Martin, love the love the dude. He rides awesome, super nice. Ferrandis, the way he rides and the, the connection he seems to have with his bike, the way he gels with the track and the, and the way he can just get in and out of these corners, I mean, really deep corners faster than his counterparts who aren't going slow. I mean, it's just, it's almost like watching, like, when we used to watch, like, Stewart back in the day sometimes, you know, or like, or like um, not Ricky, but uh, Kenny when he was on um, the, uh, the Hart and Huntington team. Um, yeah. yeah, it just looked the same way you know the way he was able to get in and out of things and just ride that bike so light and and bounce through people it, that was a very reminiscent of those guys and um yeah Ferrandis is i like all my chips are on him 
um, right now. I mean, I just I'm really worried that like the mistake that we saw in the first turn, which obviously, you know, no, no fault of his own, these things happen. I hope we don't see more of that with him just being so aggressive. Not that he's out of control by any means. I just hope that he can minimize those and really ride to his potential because that guy could have gone to an easy 1-1, you know, for the last three races, but these little these bad start issues, falling in the start, um, little little ticks and hiccups here and there. Um, kind of hindering them the amount of maximum points that this guy can get. He's clearly the fastest guy, so that's my only fear with him. And where Martin seems to be just a hair consistent, and like I said, still early, early in the season, we're not going to really see, um, you know, the 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 depth of what these mistakes are going to are going to echo on. But um, yeah, Dylan's definitely my pick. He's definitely my guy for this series. Just hopefully, this guy can hang on and 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 ride these smart races and maximize the points. Fair enough. You heard it here first. Dave Driggs hates Darlin, Dylan Ferrandez. Um, <laughs> no. Brandon Hartraff, oh third. Well, no, we're leaving that. We're leaving that, Dave. You hate the guy. I, everyone here heard it. Um, oh, man. I know, I know. You, you love the guy. You, you're in his wedding party if he's ever getting married. If he, is he married yet? Probably he's married already. Either way, a guy that's not married and probably one of the most sought-after eligible bachelors aside from Austin Forkner uh in the 250 class is um is brandon hartrap the guy looks like ivan drago he's basically just he's six feet tall 180 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal he's also number 30 on the uh, troily designs ktm team from brick new jersey that just sounds tough um i don't know if you know anyone from brick they're probably tougher than you um but uh he goes he qualifies fourth he ends up uh, he's he's up front all day long, and then he ends up going three four uh, on the day to uh, to take. I, that's got to be his first ever podium uh, overall, uh, and even in a moto, that third definitely is uh, his first uh, podium in a moto. Good for him. A lot of work going forward. A uh, couple of minutes here on, on uh, Brandon Hartrap, who like. You spin the clocks back uh, two years ago. Like you're you're talking about the three digit guy that, like every once in a while, would peek inside the top ten. Like podiums legit, especially uh, in a 250 class. That I wouldn't say that it's extremely like absolutely stacked, but like yeah, it's a it's a it's a pretty good uh, yeah, pretty good um, pretty good class. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's it's a class that's super top heavy too. So yeah, we don't have yeah. maybe ten guys that are capable of winning, but the guys that are winning, they are insanely hard to beat. So it, like you said, for him to be top three, it's it's a it's a feat. Hats off to him. I feel like he's the lone KTM guy right now that can really make a move and do anything. Um, you know, he's wearing that team captain. I'm telling Derek Drake you said that pretty decently right now. What's that? I'm telling Derek Drake you said that. No, that's the job he meant. No, um, no, he's uh, he's riding awesome, and he, and he, the thing that I like about him is that he, he's consistent. And that's we, you and I talk about it over and over again. How consistency is so hard to find in this class, even with guys yep. that we know can win titles. Um, yep. Yeah, he, he's he's got some solid rides in there as well. I think this is a really good step for him, um, kind of like that next of the best guys, kind of like you know who's who's primed to be the guy maybe next year. So once Ferrandis gets out of here. Um, you know, and I'm not sure what, what Jeremy Martin's going to do, but you know, come outdoors next year, uh, Hartman could be the guy that the guy they got to beat. You know what I mean? Whichever whichever team he's on, just getting these podiums and getting that confidence up, and just getting used to running up front and stuff like that. It's gonna it's gonna 
pay just tenfold for the guy, um, you know, at the end of the season. And I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we see an issue with Martin Ferrandez and Hartranth sneaks up to get a sneaky win or something by the end of the season. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think he'll be a title threat, but I definitely think he's a, he's a threat for these continual podiums. And just, just to kind of be like that, like, you know, throwing the side of some of these guys. So hats off to him, man. Awesome, awesome ride. Hopefully this means that, you know, KTM has some new life uh, breathing to them, and then we can see, uh, you know, KTM more prevalently in the, in the top five because I feel like it's just, like I said, it's just heart ramp, man. He's, he's the lone ranger in the KTM. Yeah, the uh, the TLD team has really struggled. I think their last guy that really, really threatened out front in outdoors, I guess, was Alex Martin when Alex was there for that yeah. short bit. Um and that mm-hmm. was sort of, uh, I don't know if it's a bad experiment. It just didn't work. Uh, and, of course, last year they go 1-1 with uh, McElrath, who is now a, uh, uh, he's going to be a 450 guy next year, but he's a star racing Yamaha pilot who uh, ended up 7th seventh, seventh tonight or this last last weekend. But, um, yeah, like it, the for whatever reason, the KTM program, I wouldn't be surprised to see that KTM program go in-house uh, next year. Um I don't know who ends up on that bike for 250s. I think that uh, TLD team could possibly stay on a very similar manufacturer, but a different name on it. If you catch my drift uh, that way, uh, hearing a lot of things that way. Um, yeah. In, yeah. in Marietta, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe perhaps a red KTM versus a white KTM or an orange KTM uh, on that particular bike. I maybe not that. same title sponsor yeah. anymore. Uh, but we'll see. Um, finally, some decent motos for Justin Cooper. Um, like, you don't really love that eighth, but the second place, that's solid. Like, that's where he needs to be. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's a step in the right direction. I like to see that from, uh, from Cooper. Um, you, you know, that hand's been bothering him. Um, but like another week to heal, I think that makes him that much more of a threat as we move into Redbud uh, the next two weekends in a row, or two. I guess we're gonna have two nationals in the span of a very short period of time. Uh, I think that's that's is that this weekend then the following weekend. Double check. Yeah, I think we're uh, Redbud Friday, right? Redbud's Friday, and then they're gonna do Tuesday. It's Monday, I think. I think Friday. Monday. Monday. Friday, Monday. That's pretty cool. Yep. That'd be a sick weekend. Could you imagine like actually being to go to that? Yeah, that's. I was I was debating on it, but um, it's like oh man, I still want to be you know make sure I stay safe and stuff like that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's that's gotta be gnarly. Not only for you know if, if you're a racer, but for the fans that are allowed to go. If they, if you you know do the imagery day or whatever, um, yeah, back to back racing. You know, yeah, Pro Moto Friday. Your races on the weekend, and another Pro Moto Monday. Like, what else could you ask for, man? Like, if, if all the classes were full, at least most of the classes were full, like, the last ones that are, are getting, like, filled up, like, would you would you enter, like, a quad quad class just so that you can be there uh, claiming that you're racing on amateur day? Oh, man. Uh, and, like, in this meeting, like, you, you'd have to go think. ride a quad. Like, you have to go borrow one and, like, race a quad. Uh, okay, there's only one scenario where I would do that, where it's, it's like there's like a five-way tie and all the guys are just like Ferrandis, Martin, just like just the, the, all the top five are like within like two points of each other and when you take all, all the guys are super aggressive. 
There's or a, like the five-way red returning and Car- Yeah, or like James Stewart returning to race Carmichael. And he wants you to pitboard and... for him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for then I would dude, I would ride a quad with tassels, dude. If that was the case, but uh, yeah, a pink yeah, I mean, quad with tassels. If it was one of those scenarios, is, then yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's over the top. But let's let's get through the rest of this 250 class <laughs> real quick here. Um, another another solid day from the Jet. Jet Lawrence, top five overall. Uh, a couple of really good motos. He looks like he's got speed late in the races. Um, he's clearly getting some decent starts. Um, both both motos fifth over, uh, off the uh, uh, on the first lap. Stays up front most of those races. I don't like he 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 seems to make a few rookie mistakes, but that's what rookies do. Um, kind of surprised that the the like the flat out speed isn't quite there. Like ninth ninth fastest in times um, isn't exactly what you want. Like keeping in mind that the guys that beat him include Derek Drake, um, R.J. Hampshire, Joe Shimoda, like guys like that. I think he should like. Based on how much love that he gets, I think he should maybe be in front of a couple of those guys at the very least. Um, but he's putting himself in good positions to be successful throughout the day. And, uh, yeah, when you're stop- starting top five, uh, that's going to translate into a top five overall. Um, he put in some some pretty solid rides. Uh, Alex Martin, uh, I guess, like, do you got anything to say on, on Jet? Um, I like Jet's riding. I, I, I will say because of all the hype that he came into Supercross with and after, you know, him almost winning and everyone's on the Jet Lawrence train right now, I, I thought he would come in and be a little bit better. So I'd almost expect him to be, you know, top three or four just by the hype and just the potential that you know this kid has. So a little disappointed that we haven't seen him really making a push. you got to remember, he's super young. He's still, he's, he has tons of potential. He's still early in his career, and he's, I'm sure he's still trying to figure out these U.S. tracks and stuff. So... Um, I'm just hoping before too long we see him up front and, uh, you know, just riding to that, to that hype and that, that potential that we know he has. So, um, yeah, I, I would expect him to be maybe a podium guy, podium threat here and there. Maybe not as solid as the heart ramps, but by, by the middle of the season, end of the season, he should be up there. Yeah, I think, I think uh, he'll get better as this short season continues, possibly up there on the box. Uh, and maybe even lead, leading some laps, but uh, those top two aren't, aren't gonna. Since they, they those two those two top two, they led every single lap uh, from this last weekend. Wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of that for the rest of the summer. I guess the fall as we uh, creep towards the end of uh, the 2020 season. Um, Alex Martin, veteran in the class, uh, not the starts he was looking for. No, certainly not the same starts that he had uh, in the mud from the prior weekend. Um, but a decent showing, like a top five qualifying, sixth on the day. Um, like he's the top Suzuki, only for the fact that there weren't any others. I think the next Suzuki is is uh, Colton Egerman from Florida. Egmanson, Egman. Sure. Uh, Something like that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm not entirely sure. That is the only two Suzukis that are out there, uh, and he's obviously the top one. Um, yeah, JGR Suzuki. I, I, 
you're not super pumped on a sixth place, but you're like you can you can move on to we're we're on to Red Bud with that ride. Uh, and honestly, same goes for for Shane McElrath. Like you're not absolutely uh, you're not throwing your helmet when you get back to the truck, but you're not happy you're in seventh um, by any means, especially when like guys like you feel like he feels that like you should be ahead of uh, Hartraft, um, Lawrence, and honestly, I think in the hardest hearts, I think he, he feels he has more speed and more. Uh, uh, just more racecraft than a guy like uh, Alex Martin. They definitely, he definitely had the had the pedigree anyway, uh, and he had the the speed first in qualifying practice. So uh, uh, maybe a bit of a disappointing day for uh, for Shane Makara. Um Step in the right direction for Joe Shimoda though. Uh, sixth in qualifying, uh, he was up front on one of the starts, not both though. Um, but yeah, pretty decent. Like he he goes he goes twelve seven. Uh, for basically a, a, a tie with uh, with Mitchell Harrison for eighth overall uh, out of Japan, first full season as a pro. Um, I think he's missing a little bit of upper body strength, a little bit of that man strength that helps cho- throw these bikes around. But um, hey, a seventh in the second moto um, is at least showing that uh, he's he's got some stamina late in the races, some strength late in the races, and I think that's going to improve. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, Shimoda's another guy that, you know, has a lot of potential. Not as much height coming in as um, some of his teammates, like uh, like a Lawrence um, or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, you hear reports all the time that his kid is moving on, at the practice tracks and his times are comparable to the rest of his teammates and stuff. But I, I totally agree with you. I think, um, you know, he's still a young dude, just like Jed. And, um, yeah, they still have to build up that, that, that man strength, almost that grit that you need to really be a top runner like Jeremy or Ferrandez. So, um, I expect big things coming out of him too, man. Um, I, you know, with one thing you touched on a little bit is is uh, Jeremy Martin, um, you know, not being too stoked with his ride, especially after last weekend. Uh, do you do you think that Alex Martin Alex is Martin. a title threat this year? Oh, sorry, sorry, Alex Martin. Um, do you think Alex Martin is a is a title threat this year? Do you think that he's? Uh, I don't know. I, I hear so many people saying that he's, you know. He's he's one of the guys that people are toting is like oh he could potentially win this title he's riding so well. Do you he's down by thirty five points so no. Year? Like honestly like, I, like I, honestly, I agree with if you. If you look I, at the I agree with you. like I totally agree I, I I hear the people that are like oh yeah he's legit blah blah blah, but he's closer to he's closer to seventh in points than first in points right now. And I, I agree with that. I, you know I what I mean? Very, like that, that's that he's doing better though. Like he's definitely yeah, yeah. Doing better. Like, and like a lot of I people think are saying he'll have a, days and he'll have, guy. he'll have starts where he runs up front and I think he's going to have podiums. And I think you're going to see him second overall in a few days. And maybe like, I honestly, like I can't give a guy, um, a, a say a guy is a contender for a championship if he needs something to happen to the top two guys for, for him to have, like for sure have a, an overall for the day. Like if, if Alex Martin or honestly anybody other than those two, um, Dylan Ferrandis or Jeremy Martin win an overall this year, it's because one of those guys had a, had a, uh, or both had a, br- a brutal day. And, and that's how it's worked out so far is that it's, um, like, 
Ferrandez, I for all intents and purposes, I think that he's going to win the lion's share of the of the races going out. I think that Jeremy Martin is going to be his number one contender, and I think Alex Martin and uh, Alex Martin, Shane McGrath, and R.J. Hampshire are going to be the thorn in the side of both those guys moving forward. That sort of just make things more difficult for them to have just free and clear uh, a table set for two for them to um, to 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 win the the races like. Uh, if you look, if you just look on uh, average finish posi- position, uh, Frannis is a two point oh, uh, Jerry Martin is a is a two point two. The next closest, Alex Martin, is a five point two. They've won. He's won one moto, and that mm. was a, that was a mud bog moto. And you basically have to throw that out the window because it doesn't really, like it's yeah. uh, it is what it is, right? So like. Like his average start position, actually, it's it's worse than uh, than Ferranis's, But I guarantee, if you take that thirty first out of Ferranis's, he's way up. Like he's he's a lot closer to the front than uh, than Martin is. So uh, if you're consistently staying uh, starting in ninth, r- roughly, uh, you take away those those fifteen laps that he's led. He hasn't had that great of a season. I think he he's. Um, like he's doing the best with the position he's in, riding that Suzuki that's a little bit outdated, to be completely honest. And uh, yeah, like I said, he's going to be a thorn in the side of the t- of the title contenders. But I don't see him uh, outside of an injury happening up front or uh, a catastrophe that uh, like like th- at this point both those guys could completely DNF a moto and they're still ahead of uh, Jeremy Martin for points. So like. Yeah, no. I, after three rounds, I can't say that Jeremy Martin is a a title contender. Like uh, something, I wouldn't say catastrophic, but something serious would have to happen for him to uh, start making some serious swings. Like this last weekend, he gave up ten points to both those guys. Like another two weekends from now, like after after these two weekends in, uh, um, if he's not making strides at uh, Redbud, he could come out of Redbud over fifty points down. That's a whole national. I agree. I mean, <laughs> so sorry to like hijack is, that. From what, do you, you, what, do you, what do you think is the one thing that's holding him back? Do you think it's just because Jeremy and Hart Ramp and Ferenis are that much faster, or do you think it really is that Suzuki is riding? No, I think those guys are that much faster. I think that um, right now you're looking at uh, Alex Martin, like the, basically those three guys that I talked about: McElrath, Hampshire, Martin. Those are your KG veterans that are still on 250s. They have got great, uh, great bikes, great support, um, but they're not rookies. Like even even Cooper is a bit is a lot younger than I guess he's about the same age as uh, McAdoo. But he, he even Cooper's a lot younger than all three of those guys. And just from racecraft experience, not making those rookie mistakes. That's what's good. that's the difference of why those guys have permanent numbers or at least close to permanent numbers. And the rest of the guys don't, and I think that goes a long way when it comes to uh, a championship and making those stupid mistakes. Like you see guys like uh, uh, I don't know if you must have been watching the races when McAdoo gets stuck in a rut and literally just goes like exit stage left um, in the middle of a yeah. battle. He just kind of like off the track he goes. Right uh, over the those <laughs> yeah, those, right over the berm. You don't see those from uh, McArath and Hampshire and and Martin. So. Um, but the reality is, is like those guys are like that's the next tier, 
and um, like you're, we're missing the uh, the Forkners of the world right now, and we're missing the uh, uh, Sexton uh, that you'd normally see up in the front of the uh, of the 250 class. Like um, we're see we're missing a few guys that otherwise we'd be mixing it up and almost maybe separating themselves between the like fitting into the third and fourth spot. So I think there's a there's a definite line in the sand as far as just talent level and speed. Um, between Jeremy and Alex Martin, I think that's sort of always been there. Seeing as how one of them's a two-time champ, and the other time, the other one, I don't think has a single, even a uh, an amateur national championship at Loretta Lynn. So, um, yeah, like I wouldn't say that he's absolutely maxed out his talent, but like as far as what he came into the pro ranks with, I can't imagine. Like, I, I don't. I think it's pretty. I wouldn't like. It's, I, I backstep my words here, but. I think it's pretty safe to say that Alex Martin is almost like basically he's hit his ceiling. He, he is as good as he possibly can be based on where he came from, how he started things out. But like he's almost been as long now as a, a supported rider than he was as an unsupported rider. Um, he's made leaps and bounds with his speed. No one ever thought when he was uh, barely like barely cracking top twenties. For, for races that he was going to have moto wins and laps led and and a, a factory ride for multiple years, um, but yeah, like I just I don't I don't see uh, the ceiling getting a little any higher than where he is right now. And I think that's what that that over the Suzuki is what's holding him back from being top uh, top two and, and actually challenging for this championship. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that brought that point up because I, I I share your your thoughts. I mean, I'm again I'm stoked the way he's riding. I think this is one of the better years for him riding obviously uh, you know he's had some some you know i think looking back at like his rock river days he was super super solid i think he's kind of getting back to that it seemed a little closer maybe this year um but yeah there's so many people that were like hey man this guy's like you know he's a title i was like man are you sure because number one you know the 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 bike is a little updated plus i'm like the guys he's around they're super solid and he went a mud moto and again not taking anything away from the guy this he's riding great right um, yeah. You know, hats off to him what he's doing, but um, I, I don't know. A part of me just kind of wishes that he had just a little bit more to be able to run with these guys, you know? Yeah, I just like I, I um, I'm, I'm just making the the judgment call based on what I see and how far he's come, and like just trying to yeah. be realistic of what you can expect from a guy who like came in at one point. Like I think he was uh, like a. When he was with Rock River, his not his national number was somewhere in the 30s, if I'm not mistaken. I think at some point he was in the yeah. 50s. Like you stay there, and like you make incremental changes, and, and uh, you're you're improving your game. But at some point, like he's, I think him and I are about the same age. Um, like at some point, you just sort of you stop making gains, and the reality is, is these kids like Jet Lawrence and uh, Joe Shimoda, Mitchell Harrison like Carson Mumford, they're young, stupid, and they just go fast. And maybe they're willing to go faster than you are at 30 years old uh, on a 250. So, um, and like when you're talking about Jeremy Martin and Dylan Ferraz, like those are world-class guys. You're talking about already a, a two double champions in the 250 class. Um, I'm sorry, but I expect those guys to uh, to beat Alex Martin just about every time they're on the track. So, um, yeah, like it just out of what they've accomplished in the past and the speed and, and the pedigree that they bring. I think that's uh, 
sort of the uh, the the deciding factor for me. But uh, some people are all about the trail train. They they believe in the guy to win uh, win races, win championships. I'll, I'll I'll believe it when I see it. I'd love to see if it did happen because I like when kids from Minnesota do well. It's almost like it's like almost it's like Canada esque. Like I know they grew up with winter. They may or may not have built a snowman. Uh, they probably believed in Santa Claus a little bit longer than most kids uh, because of the cold. Um, but yeah, so I um, I could definitely uh, like I, I can see where some people are coming from on Alex Martin, but I I, I myself uh, I'm of the mind that he's basically uh, he's a he's a, th- a three three through five guy every weekend, and uh, this past weekend he was sixth, so he's even just finishing just outside of that. So um, yeah, like. That's just how I'm. Uh, that's how I'm calling it. Um, but yeah, let's 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 uh, wrap up the 250s here. Uh, Mitchell Harrison brings it in for the Pro Circuit guys. Kawasaki. Uh, that's not what you're looking for. Uh, obviously, uh, Darian Sny, uh He's out for a little while with a shoulder issue. Uh, Cameron McAdoo, 13th, uh, 517 is not what you want. Is that what it was for McAdoo? Where was he? No, nine fifteen. Yeah, fifth. The ninth is not even what you're looking for, and the fifteenth is a would taste like trash juice uh, to to a guy like Mitch Payton. So he needs to pull up his socks. He's he's getting paid to be uh, up front and styling the twenty nine machine. Um, kind of a bummer day for Pro Circuit. Uh, you know what I mean? Like those guys are used to uh, battling for championships. Uh, and actually, I I I hope to see uh, uh, Austin Forkner back. Um, soon but what, what have you got to say about those two uh pc boys uh before we talk about uh the other elephant in the room <laughs> yeah uh yeah kind of lackluster day man i mean um for 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 mitchell harrison um you know respectable right i don't think yeah, I really ninth is good higher like, that that is good yeah a former guy yeah. who's coming over he was really been part of the scene for a little while mm-hmm. and a new team and kind of a last minute switch total yeah. top 10 Super good. I'm kind of surprised he had national number seventy four. Great ride. Yeah, yes, yeah, me too. And I, honestly, I, I, I forgot. About <laughs> I don't even remember him racing one. last year. Like what? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I, oh, I you know who he raced for last year? He raced a few that? races for the uh, Rockwell team. Oh, he did. Um, Rockwell Yamaha, did, and then he uh, told uh, him to go. The, the, he told those guys yeah, to go yeah, pound yeah, sand. I think. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, definitely remember. Um, okay, so that's he what might that's have, he might have been there with me when I was when I was walking through that uh, through that rig or something. Um, but yeah, yeah, super, super cool to see. Um, for McAdoo, however, I expect McAdoo to be where Justin Cooper is. I think he's had enough time. Yeah, um, to, he should be where Jet Lawrence is. He should be uh, nipping at the like, heel. He, he should be giving them. Alex Martin fits. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I think that's where he he belongs. You know what I mean? He's he's like PC's number one guy right now. Yep. Uh, you know, he's on a ride. He's not a filling guy anymore. He's training with Nick Way. Um, he's got all the pieces to the puzzle. He's been doing this for a couple of years. So I expect him to be that guy. I mean, and, and if you talk, if you listen to all the other riders, they have nothing but praise for the guy when it comes to training, riding, intensity, and we've seen him step it up. I think he in Supercross. He, you know, once we, after we had that break, he came back swinging. So I thought he would carry that into outdoors and be a threat, man. I thought for sure he was going to be, like, the one guy better than Hartland, better than, than Cooper. So, like, I don't think he was going to win a title, but I thought he was the one that's going to, like, be super annoying to Ferrandis. You know what I mean? I expected him to be mm-hmm. just a hair inconsistent, but 
going just like put him in the, the put him in the cheap seats for no reason at all. Yeah, yeah, but like nine fifteen for McAdoo on a PC bike, like that. I don't think it's too acceptable for a guy to his caliber. So hopefully he can take this and roll it into some, you know, some some heat for next for next race. I mean, we're on a track that I'm sure he knows. Um, it's PC guys have had some decent luck there, so hopefully he can get some too and, and start to run up front where we know he should be. Yeah, totally. I think that uh, yeah, that's definitely something that. Uh, uh, you're, you're looking for some better results from, from McAdoo going forward. Uh, same thing, honestly, like it's, it's, we talked about it with Shan, Sean Cantrell and a couple other guys, like it, for Derek Drake, it's uh shit or get off the pot sort of thing with, uh, the TLD guys, uh, 11th overall, not going to cut it. There's kids coming up, uh, that are, that are going to move him out of that spot. Um, Honestly, same. Like I didn't see what happened uh, Pierce Brown in the first moto, but seventeenth from a rookie. Um, you kind of you're looking for a little bit more from him too. Honestly, uh, obviously a bike problem in the second moto. Uh, but honestly, like the, we've had some pretty solid rookies all already. Like Styles Robertson, fourteenth, I believe that's a career best. Uh, Mason Gonzalez, like just out of fucking nowhere. Who is this kid? Three digit number, pretty much up front all the time. Uh, Carson Mumford, same deal, top 10. Like, I guess he raced a few races last year. Apparently not enough to get national number whatsoever, but even still really, really solid. How crazy is this that Jace Kessler is actually running the number 800? Like actually someone else other than Michael Lessie for the first time in I don't know when has number 800. I just noticed that. That is so weird to me. That looks weird, dude. I'm like a moto purist. I think we just we just got old. Moto purist, and I I think we just got old. (laughs) We we are old, sadly. But I mean, I I I feel like I'm a moto purist, and I just want like 800 should be a lessee. You know, no no one should ever have number four or number two five nine. Number seven should be Stewart always. Like no one's supposed to take 22. 14 should be retired for when, you know, I feel, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I don't like so anyone weird. that wears 199. I didn't, I, I didn't even like what yeah, you Francesco was wearing from 199. Like yeah. Like, like it's, it's almost like have some respect guys. 111 is Grant, you know, like 14 is Wyndham. Come on. Yeah. But 111 um, was also Roger DeCoster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, John Michelle Bale. And a bunch of guys. Like, 111 was always for, like, the Euro coming over. Like, that was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Greg Albertine Ward for a year. It's usually, like, a Euro champion that runs it. When, like, was it this last year when... uh, It's not this last year, but the year prior when Blos was running it. I'm like, I don't like that. It's a Euro guy. Like, that's why Anstey wears uh, 103. Yeah, yeah. That's and a that's I'm a, okay a that's the Euro number. I mean, especially being on a Suzuki, kind of gives me like the whole like Sebtrotelli kind of feel, you know. So it's he like, did, oh, okay, can't, you know, makes especially sense. with the crashing, you know. Yeah, dude, tell me about it, man. He hits tell the deck hard on that uh, twisted T. He must have had some twisted T's before the race, maybe. Ah, uh, could it could be definitely could, could be. be, but. Uh, yeah, the bike the bike looks very similar to Seb's old 450. So. I did not know. Yeah, it's probably the same bike actually. Um, just get the same parts. Uh, Hunter Lawrence with a 16th overall, 11th in the second moto, um, but he's also maybe a ghost because I did not see him nor hear from him all day. Yeah, that's 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 weird to me too because I thought Hunter 
was the better of the of the Lawrence brothers. I thought he was a bit he's a little older, more seasoned. Uh, I think he even had a chance to ride some of the GPs, so I thought he would be a absolute force for outdoors. He was actually more on my radar um, this year for the top um, FC Honda guy, uh, or sorry, Geico Honda guy, um, yeah. because of the way he rode last year. I mean, if you if you watched Fox Raceway last year, he was the only one to really give it to Adam for you know and and push him a little bit. So I thought for sure, momentum, confidence, getting each of the bike, he would carry that on to 2020, but. He's just having a rough year, man. He had another rough one at, uh, it, at Loretta. So shoulder oh, came man. out in Loretta's. You raced seven days on that. Like I, I guarantee, it's probably a bit of a trick shoulder for him, but it's got to be sensitive. Um, they probably shot him up a little bit. So I, I don't know. He, he's laboring. I think the biggest test for Hunter will be going to nationals in uh, in like a very short period of time. Uh, that like basically racing Friday and then again on Monday. Like, I don't know how he's going to get that done. Yeah, that it's going to be tough. I mean, I think what we're going to see, um, with a lot of the, a lot of the younger guys, like I don't, I really don't expect to see like a, like a Shimoda or like, no, Shimoda's going to fade like a cheap suit. Yeah, those guys, the, the younger guys, I don't see them doing that good. And, and you know, I got, and I got Especially to put, on the you know, some of the new Loretta's guys. Yeah, a lot of these guys that we see in, like, 13th and back, I don't know if they're going to be able to hack it for a, a harsh one on Friday. Because that, that track is not easy. It's a lot of yeah. undulation. It's softer dirt. Ruts everywhere. Breaking bumps are humongous. Jumps are huge. It takes a lot out of you to do that to do that Friday. I think Mason Gonzalez, though, mark my words, I don't know why, but I feel like this Mason Gonzalez kid might be tough as nails. He might eat concrete for breakfast. I think he's top 10 over the next two weekends. Stamp it. Uh, you know what? I, I have to agree with you. I wouldn't say 100% stamp it, but I like Gonzalez, man, because he came under the radar. He's riding for Rockford, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. he was kind of like the second best of styles for for a little while. So, and he's he's had better rides than than, than styles on a bike that's not yeah, really he's as ahead good of his in points, terms of like, the amount of resources. Yeah, I mean, like, still, it's, it's a great shot, bike. That should just be amazing bike, but that should be the uh, like maybe that's just like the the like they should use that as like an ad for Yamaha. Is that like Mason Gonzalez on a basically like bolt on? Yamaha, thirteenth in points ahead of Styles Robertson and Joe Shimoda. I agree. Yeah, like basically, fuck with me. Uh, that's insane. <laughs> like, I, 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 that's that's absolutely bonkers. I think he's gonna have a, a really good weekend. Fifteenth uh, this last weekend. Gotta give a shout out to a guy that I don't know how he's not part of the 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 program with uh, with you, but like. No one is more inconsistent, but on a weekend where nobody was more consistent than eighteen, uh, eighteen for eighteenth overall, Jer- Jerry Robin, like just you know one of those classic <laughs> steady Jerry Martin, uh, Jeremy, uh, Jerry Robin rides. <laughs> this is this is a step in the right direction in terms of consistency for Jerry. Um, and the, the thing that's, that's such a bummer is Jerry is so freaking fast. When Jerry calms down and he kind of just has to ride and just flow, mm-hmm. you would be hard pressed to find somebody that is like that can that can stay with him, man. He's got he's probably no one picked him in fantasy. He's twenty fourth overall in times. 
Yeah, the guy, the guy is just, if he can just, like, almost get out of his own head like so many other racers, correct? I mean, he, he would be such a force. I think he's coming along. He seems to be gelling with that Husky. Um, he, likes, he likes that bike a lot, and he's riding pretty good. And um, I've known Jerry for a while, such a great guy, hard worker. He's been in the program for a number of years. Um, I, I, I love the way he rides. I love his approach to moto. I just, I just want to see this guy have some breakout rides. You know he belongs in the top ten. You know he's got all the pieces that he needs. It's just that one, like, mental side. If he can just kind of calm down, put all this stress and the pressure away from him and just ride the way he knows how to ride, that guy is just going to be an absolute dynamo, man. Trust me. A dynamo. You heard it here first. Dynamo. Um, dynamo. Let's switch it over to the 450 class. Let's talk the big boys. Um, and uh, top step of the podium, couple of strong rides. He, he needs to, though. You know he needs to. He made up seven points in the championship um, to on a few guys. He's a few less points back than he he was before. He carries the number one plate, which must be heavier this year than it has in years past. We just haven't seen the rides and the dominance and the laps led and this that and the other thing. Of course, the second moto he basically just dropped them, dropped it on everybody. Um, that's uh, none other than uh, than Eli Tomac. Like I think that's uh, Eli Tomac is your is your winner for the uh, for the national. He goes uh, he goes two two one forty seven points and uh, yeah just just, just an absolutely uh, a gutsy ride from the guy who needs to make up a lot of points. How many points did he make up on Osborne thirty? Uh, 13, 13 points in one weekend. If he continues in, in that fashion, uh, he'll be within swinging distance, uh, before they leave, uh, red, but I don't think that's gonna, how it's gonna work out. I think Zacco's got some better motos in him going forward. Um, but, uh, Eli's gonna do Eli things. He's gonna go fast on a lot of people, but let's go, let's talk about the guy who surprised us more than anybody. Second moto le- left us scratching our heads a little bit, but, uh, basically leads, all he did lead all of the laps in the first moto 17 laps for the 450 same as the 250s uh qualified third he's uh first after the first lap he stayed there till the very end marvin Mousquin out of france um wins that first moto not unlike his fellow countryman dylan fernandez yeah he he surprised the shit out of me man i'm not gonna lie after the whole missing supercross deal He's another guy, almost like I said about Martin. I, I thought that he would kind of take a few races to get back to speed. Um, I didn't think he would be winning by, you know, this convincingly this early in the season. Um, and I felt bad. Marvin kind of fell off my radar a little bit because he wasn't there for Supercross. And obviously he's super fast. But I thought, you know, these guys are just going to have such a huge leg up on him because they raced, uh, you know, the, the second half of Supercross. And, you know, they were training for a lot longer, the boot camp thing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Marvin, he... He put his name there, man. He he came out looking like he did beginning of last year, like he didn't miss a beat at all. Looks so super smooth. Um, I think he, he uh, I think got the confidence going a little bit better from the following two weeks where he didn't ride, you know, the best, but still, you know, solid performances. Um, and he led he led a, a convincing race, man. He looked like he didn't make a single mistake. His front tire didn't get out of line an inch from where he wanted it to. And, and laid it down on these guys. And there's at least three or four guys that were on rails. Tomac's one of them. You had AC who was on fire. You had Sexton. You had Zach Osborne. 
Um, you know, you had you had some heavy hitters behind him that were going extremely fast, and you know he ran away with it, really consistent, smooth laps, laid down some heaters, and boom, you know he wire to wire. So uh, awesome, awesome life from Marvin Muskin, man. I don't think there's anybody out there besides maybe Ferrandis, even he's a little bit different that can that rides the bike the same way that Marvin does. Marvin just looks so light on the bike. Um, he's aggressive without looking too overly aggressive, but still rides it very smooth and very controlled. So uh, he's got all the right things for uh, for a very lethal 450 guy, and we're seeing it unfold now. It's just a bummer he couldn't back that up and just had to settle for that six and one or two man. What could have been if he, uh, you know, got a, got a chance to get up to a good start and and play up with front with those guys. Yeah, he's but he still made some points up in the in the championship, uh, making a making some noise out there. Second place in the championship in a. If, if you would have told me that this is the the points, like how the points would run, um, Z- Osborne, Muskan, and Barsha uh, in the top three after the first three rounds, I would uh, I would ask you to uh, to stop drinking so heavily. But that's what we're looking at right now. Uh, Barsha uh, Tomac right now sitting in fourth. Uh, Got to be what is a thirty? Damn near, damn near twenty eight twenty. Twenty-seven points, 27, 27 points back. Almost a full, still already a full moto back, sitting in fourth place. He's got uh, a lot of uh, a lot of real estate to make up in the points, but I think he's like he's still my title favorite. Ugh, what is that? He's still my title favorite, but uh, yeah, we're, we're um, like this is this is gonna be a wild championship, man. Like you got so many guys who can win motos right now. Uh, I, I expect Moto wins out of Barsha. I expect Moto wins out of Sexton. Baggett's going to come through at some point and win a race. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I, he, he led a lot of laps in that second Moto, uh, but uh, we're still waiting on uh, Adam Cienstrolo, who was third on the day, to, uh, to pull through uh, with the, four, the 450 uh, race win. Uh, he goes 3-4 uh, on the day. Um, must have been a, a bit of a fade there. Um, a little bit of a disappointing one at that. Um, in the second moto, fourth uh, fourth place, like he he gets beat by uh, Zach Osborne, he gets beat by uh, Justin Barsha. Like just it's it's it is, this is a crazy uh, turn of events so far. But so much talent at the front of this 450 class, um, and and it's great to see. Oh, most definitely, man. I. I... At this point, I'm not gonna lie. I thought I would see AC be more of a consistent front runner, and, and you know, I think I forget and get ahead of myself sometimes. Forget that the guy's a rookie. You know, he's still kind of getting his feet wet with the 450 and, yeah. and stuff like that. But I think he he rides it so well, though. I mean, you he looks so good on it. Like he he fits it well. Him and Sexton, they look so poised, so at home, so in control on the on the bigger bike. Man, they, those two guys just don't look like rookies to me. Um, so I almost forget that, but uh, yeah, AC seems like he's getting more comfortable with the setup, and he's getting more used to running at some of these guys. I mean, he laid down some heaters uh, in practice and, and qualifying, and he looked like he, this was a track that he could really excel on, which he has in the past on the smaller bike. Um, but yeah, I think it's a step in regulation. I think it's only it's only a matter of time before this guy starts getting further up on the podium, and he's one of the guys that's going to snake away away. Uh, it's almost like you can, you can see it coming. Uh, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And, um, you know, it was kind of cool that he didn't really seem to feel out of control when he got pressure from Sexton and Osborne was on him. That was kind of cool that, uh, 
you know, he's, he still kind of held his own, still stayed pretty poised and didn't really let that fluster him too much. So I think that's a good sign that, um, that you know, he's prepared to be where he is. He knows he's, he's supposed to be where he is um, and, and, and achieve even more. So I expect Adam to, to move up front um, definitely in the coming weeks. I, yeah, I think, and I think Redbud's going to be a track that he does well at. It's wide open, lots of speed, big jumps, like get throw the bike around. Does get to be a little bit of a slot car out there, but I think he's going to do well in it. Uh, Justin Barsha, another solid day, fourth place, and uh, not the day that you're looking for after uh, winning the first two rounds. Uh, fifth place for Zach Osborne, your your points leader. He he maintains the points lead, but. Uh, um, Seventh in the first moto after colliding with a, a lapper, I believe he was in second or third at the time. Uh, that's got to be uh, a bummer. Um, moved back to seventh and then rebounded with a good ride in the second moto, third place. Um, but yeah, Zach Osborne, you're not really uh, you're not happy with fifth, especially after after you've been winning. All you want to do is win. Oh, most most definitely. I, I seven three. I think is he's not stoked with. But uh, even you know, even with the adversity he had in last last week, I'm sure he preferred to have that whole whole entire day again versus going seven three for fifth. And especially when you're trying to maintain the red plate and and you know not get too high, not get too low, and and, and keep things as consistent as possible, this throws a wrench in things for him a little bit. And um, I think, or, or if he was smart, I think he would use this as fuel to be like, you know what, I need to get my starts much better because these guys are playing around off the gate. Um, get get my starts better. Um, do almost what Kenny did in Supercross, which seems to be the, the the way to win. Like this year, you get out, you get out, you get a good start, get the whole shot, and you lay down sprints for the first like six or seven laps, get your cushion, and then maintain that cushion. That seems to be like the winning formula for 450s this year. But um, yeah, Osborne, I'm sure he wasn't stoked on 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 that, but we should see him um, back up front next week, and I'm sure he's going to work on starts like crazy. But I, I just want to go back and talk about Barsha for one second. I want to give Barsha a round of applause. Because yep. the second moto was some of the best riding. His 6-2, that will never reflect how well he rode that day. This is Justin Barsha. You look good. I thought, I thought he was going to go get Eli. Dude, he was. He was going I, fast. I he's like, corner. he had him all the way to the last lap. He's like, he's, yes. he's throwing the bike around. Yes. It, it looked exactly. good. I, I, I That made that, that blue crew Yamaha shout out. Mike Allrich, if you're listening, two strokes are cool, man. Just letting you know. Um, Justin Barsha's, uh, like factory 450 with that guts racing seat cover. Like, man, uh, they look good. Those guys were, he, he was, uh, throwing the bike around like that double he did up the hill, the left hand around the tree, like up into a rut. Insane. The way he was on rails, it wasn't the Godzilla jump, but it was the one after it. Yep. Um, just literally laying the bike almost upside down, scrubbing so hard while you're chasing. You're like, Did you see the one where he was? Yeah, he's in guy. traffic. He throws throws the whip and then pulls a tear off. It's it's insane. It, that was some of the coolest riding we haven't seen that in a long time. It, it just it, it brought back like the, the feelings of when I was like a kid watching these guys. It's like this is you can just go I ahead and compare him to Stu. I know you want to. You're like I already compared someone else to Stu. I can't do it twice. <laughs> You can just compare him to Stu. We know what you're, okay, you're going Okay, okay. Thank you. Okay, thank you for giving me permission. But uh, the way he – okay, well, he said whipping, like scrub slash whip, throwing a tear off, then getting on the limiter and, like, bringing it all back right before you land, that's yeah. just such a Stu move. And Barsha did it so freaking amazingly. I mean, 
his corner speed was on point. The way he was like the the rhythm section after that uh, the tunnel walk. I mean, he was he was getting so flat and so laid over and rushing corners and looking like he was wanting to race Tomac so bad. It, I don't know. I just made me want to get on my bike and ride. And that's I mean, just watching him made me really love the sport so much. So hats off to Barsha. One of the just best rides him. I've seen Barsha make in a long time. He made me want to go buy a Blue Crew bike. And I, I, honestly, that was so freaking cool to watch. And I hope we see this Justin Barsha moving forward. I pray that Justin Barsha gets littered with just, you know. I think he's good at Red Bud, so. Media. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think he he's is. good at Red Bud. So if you're playing yeah, fantasy like, moto, you might want to, you might want to pick him. I yeah. myself forgot to make my picks for fantasy. Yeah, I'm an I idiot. I forgot the last like four weeks. Yeah, I forgot for a while. Yeah, so I need to get even, back on. I I, I, I missed out. Uh, I like, but I do like not having a. Uh, the the nice thing about not having the dog in the fight is that you're like. Like you just watch the racing rather than being like, oh, Alex Ray is way in the back. Like, why did I pick him? Or like, who the hell is this Tristan Lewis that's on TV all day long, um, holding up, uh, holding up leaders and shit? Um, yeah, I've, I've been completely forgetting. Uh, donate basically donated my money to uh, Pulp Mix Fantasy this year, just not playing. Um, but uh, yeah, ho hum day for uh, for guys like. Uh, Baggett, Wilson, Tickle, Craig, um, but then, like, honestly, all the way through the, the back half of the top 20, you, it is just littered with, uh, privateer guys who are doing it right. Obviously, Freddie is on a, a factory Suzuki, but, like, just a, a, a privateer level guy who's just been, he, he's putting in good results, uh, consistently, but, like, Henry Miller, Shows up out of Rochester, Minnesota. Set, I believe this is second national, if not third national. He might have been. He, I don't remember him being in there at first round, but he might have been. John Short from the uh, with one of those guys, the uh, Manlock Honda team. Bike looked sick, by the way, and he, he takes home thirteenth overall. Great pick for Pulp Mech Fantasy if you got him this week this weekend. Joey Savacci, that doesn't uh, feel great, but that's because he went. Uh, he he went. 49 uh in his well i think he had a he had a big crash in the first moto like i'm gonna give him a pass on that the fact that he came back and got a ninth is is really good but like benny bloss privateer 15th uh jake jacob masterpool uh 16th privateer cody shock privateer um Max Anasty, basically on a privateer Suzuki. I know they get some support there, but I don't think he's on a full factory Suzuki by any means. Uh, he gets he, he has a 14th in one of the motos, then a 37th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's 14th, 37. Uh, you look at, like, that was a really... He was going towards a great moto in the second moto for Max Anasty. Um, ben LeMay, Jeremy Smith, Grant Harlan. Like, these guys are all, like... Moving forward, like, and there's a ton of talent in through the the back half of the top twenty into the top twenty five. Uh, I look all the way back to like you know what like there's a ton of talent all the way back to the 39th position or 29th position in the in the the series. Like you can probably look where that line is. Is that the top twenty nine guys are really fast and and really performing to the best of their ability. The top twenty nine. The guys behind them definitely need to, uh, from 30 on back, definitely need to, to do some some work. Um, to which I asked yeah, you, what's going on with your guy? Too. I mean, 
What's going on with your guy? Yeah, both I, I your don't guys. Know, man, I mean, what, you, what you is with both your guys? Like, actually, super fast, but I don't, I don't know. Qualified fortieth. I'm talking it up to. Yeah, yeah. Fortieth. That means he got fourth in the in the Concy race. Uh, and then where did Entiknap got third in the or second in the Concy race? Or no, where did he get? He didn't get into. Yeah, he qualified thirty thirty. He actually went in through just lap times, and then on on the first lap, Adam Entiknap thirty nine, thirty seventh, thirty ninth. Like it's actually a miracle that he finished both motos. He went thirty three thirty. And, and you know what? I'm talking it up to him not being an outdoor prep guy. Like, I think the fact that he was outdoors, I, I mean, I, I th- it almost feels like it was like, almost like a last minute decision where um, the team has had to have bikes out there. You know what I mean? But, you know, Adam is a super strong rider and he likes that Suzuki. He speaks very highly of it. He yeah. Just, so just call, call up Jeremy Smith. Honda. Call up Ben yeah. LeMay. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, and I, I call I think up Cody Shaw. I, I think he's been so outside of this of the outdoor world. He just hasn't that he's done still it. Still trying yeah. to figure out and get his legs underneath him. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, Adam is a super strong rider, man. He's not not only physically, but like his his racecraft is very good too. So, I would expect him, like you know, by the middle of the season, to be consistent, like around where Jeremy Smith is. That's where he belongs. That's where the team think expects him. That's where he expects himself 20th? to be. In. 2021? I think so. I, I mean, I don't know if it's a fitness issue or him just getting the mental, you know, mental game right with being outdoors and not indoors, but I, he's capable of it. I, I definitely think his bike can handle it. His teammates I, are, you know, almost... I will, I will make a sizable bet. I will, ma- I will bet you $100 American that Adam McTeknap does not finish inside the top 25 overall this summer in the last six rounds of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross AMA Nationals set here on the air, timestamp, one hour, four minutes into this recording. You don't think so? No. I think I think you are you're a really nice guy and I love Adam Anticnap with all my heart. But there is like you are high and drunk if you think he's gonna go if he's gonna finish ahead of those uh, uh, he's gonna finish uh, top twenty five uh for the uh I even gave you a few positions. You think he's going to be top 20. I think he's like top 25. There's no fucking way uh, he's going to be top 25. What, what do you think is the one thing holding him back right now? Fitness. Mostly. Mm, fitness okay. fitness, and, 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 and time outdoors. Like, like I, yeah. I don't, I don't, like, he, this is probably something that got sprung on Adam last minute. Like, hey, we got this great title sponsor. Yeah. We got to have two bikes on the track. Um, yep. we got to have two bikes in the track. Like, I just don't know. Like, where's where's Kyle Cunningham? Where's you know what I mean? Like, can we not call yeah. we call someone else that like preps for outdoors? Like, all love to Adam. He's an amazing Supercross rider. He he rides Supercross ninety nine percent of the time. To have him out in super uh, to outdoors, like it's just a completely different beast. Um, on very yeah. little prep, like he's doing amazing with what he's got, but like not like this right now, no. Mm. So, no, like, given I, the fact I that I, I think that Alex, prep. I think that Alex Ray is leaps and bounds better than than Adam right is outdoors right now, and those guys are four positions apart. 
I don't think either of them had any points this yeah. year. I hope Alex is gelling with the bike because I, I, you know the SGB team. I mean, they they have they're a awesome. decent support level. They're yeah, yeah, they're great. I mean, they they work hard for you. I think, I know he was bummed that his yeah. bike didn't make either either race at uh, the second Loretta's. Mm. Like his, yeah, like I think he qualified, man. and then the bike didn't make it for both motos. But I don't know. I don't know, Dave. We have a hundred dollar bet. Well, Are you gonna take my bet or no? Uh, let me think about it because I've got some stuff I gotta buy. So, <laughs> so that's a no. Snowboard season gonna be here before we know it. You're <laughs> a snowboard season. Uh, but yeah, all right. Let's let's make some predictions because we're probably not gonna do a race okay. review on the Saturday. So let's do a prediction for both uh, uh, Redbud one and two. Um, who do you like for for some great moto finishes? Give me like okay, like if somehow motocross is a four moto format, after four motos, who's going to be our top three in the four fifty class? Four fifty class. And, and name his moto I scores. Say, I want to say that. Uh, Marvin, he seems to do very, very well at Red Bud. If you go back okay. to years past, okay. I think Marvin's going to be the guy. I don't think he's going to be one, one, one. Obviously, do you think anyone's going to flip think him he's off? Be, you know, uh, y'all most definitely for that, being French. Yeah, there's a one thousand percent chance that he's going to get flipped off for being French. That, that's that's yeah. a given. That's a better right chance is he gets flipped off than Adam Knapps in the top twenty-five. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think Marvin's just going to be the guy that just strings it together the best. I don't think he's going to be necessarily the fastest standout guy. Okay. I think he's going to go Marv, um, Eli, and then I see um, Zach Osborne rebounding. I really want to say Barsha, but again, I don't think Barsha's going to be like 8, 9, or whatever. I think Barsha's going to be like 2, 3, 4, third or something, and the other guys are just going to be just a hair more consistent than he is. So, okay. Um, okay. yeah, I think my top three is going to be Marvin, Tomac, and Osborne. Okay. And I think I think we can both agree that the 250 class is going to be the the Ferrandis and Martin show. Yep. Most like definitely. basically one and two. Like they might actually just go like one two one two one two, like flip flop back and forth and come out after four motos exactly how they came in. I could definitely see that. Who do you yeah. think is that uh, that third guy? Third guy, I think, is going to be Shane McElrath. Only because his starts are best. Huh. Um, yeah, his starts are horrendous, man. Absolutely horrendous. Save for, like, what, the first moto at uh, Loretta? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I think that's how it's going to be. I'm going to go in the 450 class, top in the next four races, four motos. I think it's going to be Eli Tomac, followed by Justin Barsha and Zach Osborne, followed okay. closely by Marvin Muske. Okay. That's that's what I'm going. I can see that happening too. (laughs) So yeah, hey, it's that's that's why there's so much talent in the 450 class. We could talk for hours, but uh, that would make uh, that would make for a much longer day uh, for you and a much longer podcast for me to edit here on the Big MX Radio side. Um, For everybody over at the Collective Experience, I know you guys are all working super hard to get people uh, involved, and like I said on the top of the show, the most comprehensive experience you can have watching a pro national or a pro supercross race 
Where can people go? Where can people find more information? And are there still spaces available for some upcoming races uh, with the collective? Uh, yeah, you can check out the collectivexp.com at the collective EX on Instagram, contact at the collectivexp.com uh, for our email. And yeah, we've got spots open uh, for both Red Buds. Um, spots are filling up quick. You know, we're, we're limiting the spots due to COVID, unfortunately. So um, for anyone who's interested, please give us a, um, you know, a shout out, reach out to us, and we can get you partnered up with one of our amazing super, our Supercross and Motocross uh, teams. So. Really excited to, uh, like we said, get more fans into the sport, get more people behind the velvet rope, and, you know, more eyes on the sport in general. Love it, my friend. Well, you have yourself a fantastic rest of your day. Appreciate you uh, giving your opinion as well as taking uh, on the uh, verbal abuse. Uh, do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, let's cut it off right there. <laughs>